this was really a model that was meant to to reduce stigma and and kind of change the paradigm of the medical model uh, where we view veterans as disabled or disordered. And really to say, hey, these are people whose lives have been changed by combat, but that doesn't mean uh, they're just a, a mental health patient, so to speak. So the ranch is really a community for our, uh, our region's veterans. Welcome to Cascade Views, a discussion with Central Oregon leaders. Your host is Michael Seip, local business and community leader, best-selling author of The Avada Principle and candidate for Oregon State Representative for House District 53, which encompasses Southern Redmond, Sisters, Tumalo, and Northern Bend. The purpose of these discussions is to share the views and insights of local leaders from a variety of community sectors on a range of timely and important regional and state issues. With that, now here is your host, Michael Seip. Thanks for joining us on Cascade Views. My name is Michael Seip and I'll be your host. My guest today is Allison Perry. Allison is a licensed professional counselor and military family member who's worked with veterans for over 15 years in government, private, and nonprofit settings. Her passion is healing combat trauma across the lifespan. After six years clinical counseling in the Department of Veterans Affairs, Allison left to pursue her vision of a place where veterans could work on the land, sleep under the stars, and be in a community of other veterans. She founded Central Oregon Veterans Ranch in 2014 and currently serves as its executive director. You can learn more about the ranch at C-O-V-R, and then it's uh, C-O-V-R Ranch, but it looks like C-O-V-R Ranch, so C-O-V-R-Ranch.org. Allison taught for four years at Oregon Department of Public Safety in the Behavioral Health Program, co-facilitating veterans awareness for law enforcement students. She's been the recipient of the Red Cross Hero Award in 2009, and the recipient for which I nominated her, actually, the uh, Ben Chamber of Commerce's Community Hero Award in 2017. Allison, so glad you're on the show. Good morning. It's so great to be here with you, Mike. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. I remember sitting in Starbucks in, uh, gosh, I don't know, it was in the, the one there in, in North Bend in probably 2013 or 14. Uh, you might remember better, but uh, but that was back when the Central uh, Oregon uh, Ranch was your dream, and you were in the early stages of raising money, launching the nonprofit. It's just amazing what you've accomplished. I know it hasn't been easy, and I just want to acknowledge your personal tagline that I I crack up at every time I see it: "Never give up, <laughs> never give up." And I know it's been a journey. So fill us uh, in just a bit on the inspiration for the ranch and what it took to get it launched. Sure. Um, the inspiration is really a story I come back to, and I never get tired of telling this story. It's just so powerful. Um, uh, I worked in the VA for six years as a trauma therapist, and this was at the Portland VA Medical Center, um, and was working with a young veteran, 22 years old, who had served in Iraq in combat, um, had come back home and had been sexually assaulted, actually, by his combat buddy, and was also having his first uh, symptoms of paranoid schizophrenia. And just a very traumatized young man, um, very interesting young man, and really just formed a strong therapeutic relationship with him, but saw him struggle in the institution of the VA and uh, got a call one day that he was in the psychiatric lockdown unit, uh, 5C at the Portland VA, 
and was throwing furniture and threatening staff. <clears throat> and Mike, I just, my, my, my first reaction was just really anger, honestly, because I thought if I'd been through everything this young man had been through and I was in a, you know, lock, lockdown facility, fluorescent lights, white walls and doctors poking and prodding me, I thought I, I might react the same way. And I just literally had this flash of a vision. Um, and I said this to my social work colleague, you know, exactly what you said in the introduction. I wish we had a sheep ranch out east where we could send these vets when they got home, where they could work on the land, sleep under the stars and be in a community of other veterans. And so really, Mike, the key word there is community. Um, this was really a model that was meant to, to reduce stigma and, and kind of change the paradigm of the medical model uh, where we view veterans as disabled or disordered. And really to say, hey, these are people whose lives have been changed by combat, but that doesn't mean uh, they're just a, a mental health patient, so to speak. So the ranch is really a community for our, uh, our region's veterans. And uh, yeah, building it has been quite an adventure. It, it, I think that was 2014, 2015, when I met you, when we were just really making connections and trying to get things off the ground. Uh, we partnered with a private investor to get the property and began operations in 2015. And since that time, we've really built, I, I say, Mike, that there are three pillars of, of the ranch, uh, agriculture, peer support, and then the program we're, we're going to work to get launched in the next year, which is specialized end of life care for combat veterans. Um, the last, the last years have been focused on building those ag programs and, and our peer support programs. And I'm happy to say more about that, but I kind of want to, I want to pause for a minute. I don't want to go too into depth. Right. Well, actually, I would I would love to hear just a bit more of a description about the ranch, like what uh, what's on it, and and maybe sure. your objectives for the vets that you serve, and and maybe just a little summary of the of the services that you provide. Sure. So we are uh, we're located centrally, right between Bend and Redmond, um, off Sixty First Street, actually, and we're a nineteen acre working farm. So um, we have a greenhouse business. Um, some of your listeners may have seen our lettuce at Newport Market. We have a vertical tower hydroponic system. So we're able to, to run a greenhouse business as well as provide education uh, to veterans about hydroponics and, and crop production. We also have free community garden plots for veterans and veteran families. And we're in the middle of a big pasture rehab project. So our, our end goal is to sort of have a demonstration site and raise livestock. Really, the agriculture is a way to engage vets. It's a, I call it going through the back door. Um, rather than saying to a combat veteran that's struggling, wow, you really need to go to the VA or you probably need counseling, um, you can say, you know, hey, did you know that there's this ranch um, that has all these different agriculture programs that you can go check out and peer support groups and et cetera. So the agriculture is really... Um, a vehicle to get vets engaged. It's also a way to get people involved in being productive, giving back, learning, growing. I refer to the ranch as a post-traumatic growth model. 
Um, we want to move away from this, this vision of veterans as disabled, disordered, broken, um, because that's oftentimes how they view themselves after war. And, and, and then that's just reinforced oftentimes by getting a diagnosis of PTSD or being labeled disabled. What we want to do is allow veterans to find their inherent worth and value. Um, sometimes that's simply just by being a member of community and being present to your to your tribe, to your to your teammates, to your fellow veterans. So the agriculture is um, a healthy, uh, fun way to get veterans involved in working together, and again, learning and and literally growing as as people. Um, we also really. Uh, facilitate peer support at the ranch. This is not, um, hey, we're the doctors, you're the patient, come here. This is about veterans helping each other. They know each other better than anyone else. They've had the same experiences, um, lived experiences. And that's really where the magic happens is getting them together, getting them talking, and they can go as far as they want or not talk about combat or their traumatic experiences at all. It's really they're, they're at their own pace, their own comfort level. And that happens in informal ways, whether veterans are just out interacting on the property or whether they're actually participating in peer support groups. And we were just awarded a contract last fall from Oregon Health Authority to hire a veterans uh, peer support specialist. Um, we have, you know, Mike, it's amazing how much we've grown. The last two years actually during the pandemic, we've actually doubled in growth each year. And I think that's due to the fact that we have a food production facility and outdoor space, but also just, I think for everyone across the board in our nation right now, um, human, human to human interaction and, and contact is so important. And we see that so much with our vets. So the ranch has really been a sanctuary. It's been a haven for them. Um, so we do have Formal peer support groups, uh, the vet center, some of their PTSD support groups have been meeting at the ranch. Uh, it's really a community hub. And then, as you know, we're really working. The focus this year is to, to open the home that we have on the property that's been fully remodeled and licensed with the state back in 2017 as an adult foster home. It's currently uh, inactive, the license. But the house is basically turnkey ready at this point. It's a matter of building the partnerships and finding the investment, the, the donors, the investors to, to really help us launch that sort of final leg of our mission, if you will. Well, help me understand just a little bit more about the issues that you see with the veterans that you're serving. What kind of situations cause them to be candidates to be at the ranch? What brings them out there and what holds them there? What keeps them as part of the community that you describe? That's a great question. Um, I would say one of the biggest challenges for our veterans, particularly our combat veterans, is isolation, uh, feeling disconnected from the general population, from the culture. Because of the experiences they've had, it's really hard to relate to people who haven't had similar experiences. There's all kinds of other, you know, challenges that veterans face coming back to uh, our nation after having served in a war zone. Um, and so getting them there can often be difficult. <laughs> you know, we have a sheep ranch and a lot of people joke about that, but there's actually a lot of deep symbolism around this idea of the shepherd 
and the lost sheep. And I, and I always refer back to Ezekiel, you know, that, that when one of my sheep is, is lost, I will go after them. I will bring them back. I will heal them. I will bind up their wounds. And so I kind of view the ranch as like, we're the shepherds that, that bring veterans that are isolated back into the fold, back into the flock, into community with each other. Um, so oftentimes it takes a while to get them there just because the, uh, trust issues are, are also um, really significant for veterans. But once we get them there, whether they're referred by a clinician, a family member, they find us online, they've just new to the area and looking up, you know, what kind of veteran services are available. And they think, wow, that sounds really interesting. That sounds really different. And they come out. What engages them, I think, is there is an immediate sense of belonging when vets come out. It's a very protected environment, Mike. So we really monitor the flow of civilian traffic. Uh, we don't allow children out during the week uh, because so many of our veterans have war-related trauma around children. Um, so we've heard veterans say repeatedly that they have not experienced this level of camaraderie since they got out of the military. So, so, so that number one, there's just that immediate sense of belonging which is intriguing because uh, there's a national suicide researcher, Thomas Joyner, who says that the two primary reasons people die by suicide are a lack of sense of belonging and feeling like a burden. And we see those hands down with our vets. And so if you think about this idea that they come out and they immediately feel a sense of belonging, and then not only that, but they're actually giving back contributing, helping build the community, uh, helping maintain the property, taking care of animals, um, growing food that, that sometimes they're growing food for themselves or they're growing it for us to donate to food banks. So that idea of feeling like a burden is, you know, really reduced because they're, they're feeling valued rather than feeling like a burden. Wow. That's so good. You, you've got to have uh... I mean, those are are outcomes that are really attractive, but I bet you've got a couple of specific success stories that you, uh, obviously not using names, but can sure. you give us a couple of uh, of anonymous success stories so we can kind well, of picture? I can, I can actually give you a success story and use a name because this is, we just posted three new testimonial videos on our website. So I would refer your listeners to our website and is it is actually covranch.org. So there's not two R's just to make sure everybody, because our acronym is COVR cover, uh, but it's covranch.org. So one story that I that I just love to tell, and, and and I will say we've had countless veterans just say that the ranch has saved their life. So that's that's uh, one piece. But as I said, this isn't just about survival um, and surviving trauma. This is about thriving and growing. And so I love to tell the story of Jeremiah because it's really a story of post traumatic growth. Uh, Jeremiah is a Marine Iraq combat veteran. He first came to the ranch at the end of 2020. Um, for a harvest day, we were, we were clearing out our big hoop house, which is where our victory gardens are. And we met Jeremiah. He was referred by his girlfriend who I met at a coffee shop. So, so pretty random. Um, he came out and he said, wow, I didn't, I didn't know you guys existed. Um, I'm going to start coming out here every week. Jeremiah had dropped out of college he was frustrated with um, not being able to relate to his peers, um, sort of some of the politics that, that happen in, in, in school sometimes. He just was frustrated, dropped out of school, had 
kind of dropped out of the VA, run his course with the VA and was just kind of drifting. Didn't, didn't know what he wanted to do. Kind of had a semi-committal relationship with his girlfriend and literally did start coming out every week. Um, started volunteering in our greenhouse, started helping out on the property, started joining, joined the peer support group. We have an Iraq and Afghanistan combat vet peer support group. So he was in this, you know, doing this regularly for months and then it became a year. And I ran into him one day, um, right before his peer support group. And I said, how's it going? He said, it's, it's, it's going okay. And I said, really? And he said, well, it's hard. He goes, I'm doing the work. So with his peers, he was really doing more of this personal growth work focused on, you know, who he was, what he wanted to do with his life. So let's flash forward. Um, he said, he said, but it's good. He said, you know, he goes, you're, you're doing God's work here and don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So flash forward a few more months, Jeremiah gets certified with the state as peer support specialist. He is engaged. He has a baby on the way. And he got hired with Deschutes County as a peer support specialist. <laughs> wow. What a story. That's yeah. So, that's so cool. Yeah. So this, this Mike is what happens when, when we need to engage veterans in community and support them. And when they're, when they're part of that clan, that tribe that they were part of when they were in the military and they have their brothers and sisters who have their back and they're like, Hey, this, this is about how can we support you to grow post-combat. Who are you now? What do you want to do with your life? And I could tell you many other stories like that. Uh, Veterans who dropped out of school but started coming to the ranch, they were too anxious to go to class. But by coming out to the ranch every single week and feeling safe and relating to peers and getting support, they were then able to go back to school. Um, So there's just so many wonderful stories of that. Again, what I call post-traumatic growth. That's fantastic. So you're, you're clearly doing great work, but if you could wave a magic wand and, um, and get whatever you want for the ranch, like see where it goes next, uh, what would that be? What's your dream now? My dream right now is launching that final part of our vision, our mission. And, and Mike, sometimes I refer to the ranch as a monastery for veterans because we have different ages and eras working together, caring for the land, taking care of each other. And there is, even though we're not a religious organization, there is a sense of the sacred there. There's a sense that this is a spiritual place. Um, and all the veterans know our goal to open this um, home on the property for specialized end-of-life care for combat veterans, helping veterans who have suffered the wounds of war in their life to die in peace um, and to harvest their wisdom for younger generations and to help younger veterans care for their dying brothers and sisters at the end of life. So my magic wand would be to get the investors, the donors, the people who are passionate about our nation's veterans who have served and lived with the wounds of war their entire life for us, for our freedom, is to get those people who want to support this. Um, we're going to be starting some committees and, and focus groups this year, um, developing, continuing to develop our community partnerships. We're very engaged and networked in the community. But it would be to, to say we, we are ready to open and we are ready to receive your family members and your patients and your clients who have combat trauma within a few months or a few years of the end of their life. And they can be any age. They just don't, you know, they don't have to just be old. I'll share a quick story, Mike, about one of our board members whose father was a World War II Marine who fought in Guadalcanal. She's been committed to our mission for several years. 
but she had the experience of moving her 95-year-old Marine Corps father into assisted living. This man had lived independently his whole life. He was incredibly proud of being a, a Marine Corps veteran, high-functioning. And she saw him slowly decline in that, in that, in that nursing facility over a year's period. And he, he died last year on 4th of July, his favorite holiday. She found out later on after um, he was in Kansas, so she wasn't with him all the time at the end. And, and nobody could be because he was in this facility. But one of the caregivers said, Debbie, at the very end of your father's life, all he wanted to do was talk about the war. And there was no one there to listen to him. There was no one there to hear him. There was no one there to honor that experience. And that's not even talking about veterans who are going to be struggling with moral injury in all kinds of issues that come up at the end of their life. But it is a profound beautiful, sacred time. And my dream is that we, we are able to receive those veterans into this home um, within the next year or two. That's, that's my dream. What a beautiful vision. Um, I just went through that with my father-in-law and, uh, and you're right. Um, the, those, those memories of service are so poignant and so prominent uh, in the last days that uh, being able to recognize and listen to those is a, is an incredible service. So how can we support you and the ranch? So please go to our website and, and, and check out what we have to offer. Um, again, covranch.org. Um, obviously all, all nonprofits love financial contributions. Um, that's a given, but we have, um, different ways folks can volunteer and you can, you can contact us through the website to find out more about that. Um, as I said, we have limited civilian presence on the property, but we do have, um, events. We have this year, we're going to have our fifth annual armed forces day plant sale. It's always the third Saturday in May. So that, you know, we love to invite the community in for special events like that. That's definitely a way that you can support us. We have a peace garden on the property where we sell bricks um, for what we call our cornerstone members. Um, and you can see pictures of that on our website as well. Uh, but just get in touch with us. We, we also provide um, for our work days for our veterans. We have amazing people who cook amazing food for our vets. We like to feed them well and give them uh, really good food. Uh, and so that's another way folks can contribute as well. And just spread the word. Um, if you know a veteran, if you know a veteran, you know, have a veteran family member or neighbor, let them know about Central Oregon Veterans Ranch. Well, Allison, it's been great having you on the show. <laughs> Congratulations on all you've accomplished. I know it probably seems like uh, forever. You know, you've been working on this so hard for for so long, but really when you look at it, it's you've accomplished an amazing amount in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as a vet, um I thank you for that. It's an incredible service that you're uh, you're providing. My uh, my 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 high point of the day I think is just reflecting on the the isolation challenges, you know, we've come through a couple of years where, where almost all of us feel the, uh, the challenge of isolation and it's, it's 10 times, a hundred times worse for, uh, for a vet as you've described. And so the community that you've developed and the, and the way to break that, that uh, chain of, uh, of isolation and, uh, and get these guys and gals together is just really extraordinary. So 
Thanks so much for your time and, and your work. Thanks for the ranch. And thanks for your message today, Allison. Thank you so much. It's been an honor uh, speaking with you. I really appreciate it. My guest today has been Allison Perry. You can learn more about the Central Oregon Veterans Ranch at covranch.org. That's covranch.org. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Cascade Views with Michael Seip. To find out more about Mike, the upcoming election, the key issues he's focused on, and his campaign to represent Central Oregon and Salem as a state representative, visit www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. That's www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. You can get your own copy of Michael Seip's best-selling book, The Avada Principle, at Amazon.com. And finally, please vote in the upcoming election. Your voice matters.